بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله we begin by praising Allah سبحانه وتعالى and by sending our peace and salawat upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he encouraged us to increase on the day and the night of Jumu'ah which for us would be the Thursday night and the Friday to send as much salutations or peace or blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during our Fridays and we know that for every salah that we send upon him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends ten upon us. Man salla alayya salatan, sallallahu alayhi biha ashra, that every person who sends one salah upon me, Allah sends ten upon him. So, jazakumullah khayran for the MSA, for the invite, and the topic that I've been requested to speak about is how do we attain taqwa, as university students and of course this is a very important topic and a very important uh, issue that we need to take on board and understand as students as youngsters we're starting off the year and alhamdulillah we also have Ramadan that's around the corner that Ramadan is fast approaching and we all know that Ramadan is the month of taqwa that the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us Ramadan after Ramadan is لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ We'll hear this verse throughout the month يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامِ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Oh, you believe fasting has been prescribed for you just like it was for those before you. For what purpose? So that you become of those who have taqwa. So that you become of those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You become of those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every moment. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave us this advice and he said, Fear Allah wherever you are, or as much as you can. Wherever you are, and Allah says in the Quran, as much as you can. So taqwa is our duty. The concept of taqwa is something we need to understand and know that it is our duty as believers that we adopt this at every moment. That we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in public as well as in private. We fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we are amongst people, whether it be in person or even online. That we adopt the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are youngsters, alhamdulillah, while majority of us, those of us who are studying, Becoming fresh out of school, some of us are in our second, third, fourth years. Alhamdulillah. But we need to understand that this obligation applies even here. This uh, notion of taqwa is required of us even whilst we are students, even whilst we are studying. No doubt, the temptations, the distractions are many. And we are faced with different challenges. We have lots of work. And for many of us, it's about managing our time and managing our freedom. 
that we did not experience at school, for example. At school, we had a structure. Huh? You have a, a uniform, you have your times, you come and you go. You get dropped off and you get picked up. Things are different with the moment we come to campus. It's now we, we, we are big boys now. Now we're big girls now. Now we need to stand and we need to face all types of different environments. And all types of different people that we will be interacting with. Different lectures, different subjects, different, uh, you know, everything. It's a different world in reality. Subhanallah. And part of that is the fitna that comes with being in a place like, for example, UCT. And yes, I can speak from some experience because I too studied at UCT some years back. So I know what it's like. I know what the environment is like. And Alhamdulillah, it's a good place to study. It's a good place for us to, you know, gain some beneficial knowledge, attain our degrees and move forward in life. And this is something that is part of Islam. This is something that Islam encourages. That we become excellent in our fields. That we strive for perfection. In fact, the Prophet said, Inna Allah qad ihsana fi kulli shay. That Allah has prescribed ihsan in every single matter. Right? What Allah wants from us is to be the best we can in every single matter. So being here is also a favor from Allah. As much as, much as it is a, a challenge, as much as there will be difficulties and fitna as I've said, but being here is also a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us make use of this. Let us be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this favor. And part of being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to fear Allah and to, you know, be good students. Students, yes, academically good, but also to hold the banner of Islam up high. Right? When we are out there, people are looking at us. People are judging Islam based upon our interaction. Based upon our behavior, they will look at us and say, this is the Muslim students. This is the Muslim clique in the class. This is the way they behave. This is the way they study. Are they cheating in the exams? Are they, you know, uh, copying their tats? Are they uh, lazy to study? All of this is leaving an impact on Islam as well. So it's upon us to remember this. That yes, we are acting on our personal capacity, but we also represent Islam. And it's well known who the Muslims are. We, we, can, we can be seen. We are apparent, alhamdulillah, we have a presence. So it's upon us to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to develop this taqwa, especially since Ramadan is around the corner. Right? Ramadan is not there as the month of worship. And in the rest of the months we... Go back to bad habits. Ramadan is there to maximize your benefit. To maximize your time. But to, into, to be able to do this. To be able to do this. We have to meet Ramadan in the best of states. In the best of conditions. So if we meet Ramadan as God-fearing people. We will make the most of Ramadan. But with many of us. What do we do? We, we have the worst of habits. And when we get to Ramadan, we expect change. And we expect to make the most of the month. But where are those bad habits? They don't just disappear. It requires us to work on them. 
It requires us to fix ourselves, our nafs, our habits, and so forth. So this should be done far before the month of Ramadan. It is said that some of the Sahaba and the righteous Imams of the past, they would make dua six months after Ramadan. They'd say half the year following Ramadan, Oh Allah, accept our Ramadan. Oh Allah, accept our Ramadan. Oh Allah, accept our Ramadan. And then as the year would turn, the next following months leading to Ramadan, they would make dua, Oh Allah, let us reach Ramadan. What, what do we learn from this? They had a goal. They were working towards Ramadan. Not just to reach it, but to reach it in the best possible state. So our nasiha is first and foremost, the most important thing. We heard the brother rendering the adhan very beautifully. MashaAllah, tabarakal, may Allah bless him. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah. Come to the salah. Come to your success. This is your success, ayu al-ahibbah. Wallahi, if there's no salah, there's no success. There's, there's no salah, we will not have success. Allah Azza wa Jal has given us this, the prayer, the salah, only five times a day. Only five times a day. And if you add up the amount of time that takes, it's not even a half an hour of our day. It's barely a half an hour, maybe just a bit more. But that's all Allah requires of us. That throughout the day, we come and we make sure that we fulfill this obligation. And there is no bigger obligation than the salah. After our belief in Allah, after our belief which enters us into Islam, there is no bigger obligation than the five daily prayers. There's no bigger obligation. In fact, the first thing that will be asked on the day of Qiyamah, each slave, the first question he will be asked will be about the salah. Did he make salah? How did he make salah? Was he lazy? Did he focus in the prayer? The first question we'll have to answer in the biggest of all exams will be what, what was the condition of his prayer? And if the prayer is good, you will find everything else will be good. If the prayer is not good, you will find there's a ripple effect. Everything else will not be good. The salah is the most important thing. And alhamdulillah, again, look at the bounty. This is a favor. This little JK is a ni'mah. Because it means we have access all day, the entire day. Is it still open all day? It's still open all day. You can come here and you have a place of, call it peace, call it a place where you can just come and relax without any other distraction. You can come, you have access to the book of Allah. You have access to translations of the Qur'an. You can come and you can make your salah. So in reality, we have no excuse. For many of, most of us, I think, we would have Zuhr salah, maybe Asr, maybe even Fajr during winter, where we are at campus. But there's no excuse to miss. No excuse at all to miss a salah. There is no excuse at all to miss a salah, ever. Remember this. Ever, no matter what excuse you have, it's not going to be accepted. Unless you are unconscious somewhere, unless you are something, but there's always an answer. There's always an answer. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. In times of difficulty, or in times of 
For example, when we travel, what does Allah give us? He gives us a concession, right? A rukhsah. What's the concession when we travel? We can combine our prayers. This happened to me, and this is why I know this as an example. Sometimes you have an exam. It's a long exam. And it starts at just before Asr. And it ends at Maghrib. What happens to your Asr Salah? And you step out and make it. The lecture is not going to give you a chance to say, Oh, Bismillah, all the Muslims go, go make your Asr. From an Islamic point of view, there would be no problem for you to make Dhuhr and Asr together. The point is, there's a concession given in times of need. If you don't know, go ask. Ask those who know when you don't know. But the point is, there's no, there's never an excuse to miss the prayer. And the Prophet said, if you can't stand, then sit. If you can't sit, then lay down. So even for those who are on, you know, who are in their beds, they're ill, they're on their deathbeds, they can still make salah. So always remember this. This is your success. Fit dunya wal akhirah. Your salah will bring you success in this world firstly, and it will be your ultimate success in the year after, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Secondly, make time for the book of Allah. You are going to have a heavy schedule, yes. No one doubts that. You will have your distractions, yes. You will have your time for interaction and leisure. No one's, take, no one's taking that away. But by Allah, make time for His words. Every single one of us, we have a smartphone. Every single one of us, we spend hours on our phones every single day. Each of us, be it on social media, even if it's just WhatsApp, and most of us, we even have the app of what? Which app do we have? We have a Quran on our phone, don't we? Whether it's in English or Arabic, but it's there. So just like you can make time for every other app, make time for that app as well. And if it's not an app, come here and take out the Quran. Take out, I see a tafsir ibn Kathir there in English. Sit with it. Read it. One page, two minutes. But make some time for it. Understand this is Allah's words that He spoke, that He revealed to us. There's no more important speech than this. The Prophet ﷺ in every khutbah used to say this, the most truest of speech is the book of Allah. It's more important than those emails, it's more important than your messages. It's Allah's message to you. It's your Creator's message. He's speaking to you directly. Open up and make time for it. And wallahi, if you make time for Allah's book, you will find barakah in your time. Wallahi, you make time for Allah's book, you will find blessings in your time to do other things. It will never happen that you spend too much time with the Quran and you have no time to study. Allah will make it such that studies becomes easier for you. And I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't do that, sit in the mosque, hold and sleep, make etikaf whole year and say, oh, I didn't pass. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying make time for everything. Give the Quran its due haq. And read, like I said, the tafsir, the translations. These things are freely available for all of us. Walhamdulillah. Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun liyaddabbaru ayati waliyatadhakara ulul albab. Allah says in the Quran that this book 
It was sent down to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is blessed. It's a blessed book. Not a letter of this book is void of barakah. The whole book is blessed from start to finish. Make time for it and ponder over its ayat. If you really want to benefit from the book of Allah, ponder its ayat. Try to understand what Allah is telling you. And this is when you will benefit from Allah's words. Our next advice is, is to try and make time for, or at least try and have an environment that's going to assist you as a Muslim. That's going to assist you as a Muslim to uphold your deen. Because we also see that in these type of environments, people come as Muslims and they live as non-Muslims. People come and they lose their religion. They lose their religion because there's lots of fitna. There's lots of shubuhat. What does this word mean? There's lots of doubts going around. There's confusions going around. There's arguments, there's theories going around. Make sure you have good company. Suhbatu Saliha. Make sure you have good friends that can keep you firm, that can assist you when you need assistance, that can guide you when you need guidance. Come to this place, for example, and meet the brothers. The sisters meet the sisters and learn from each other. And like this, you are always stronger as a group. And the Prophet said, Al-Mar'u ala deeni khalilihi. A person will be upon the religion of his close friend. A person will be upon the religion of his friend. This is the Prophet's words. So think about it. You may think, I'm hanging out with the wrong people, but I'm strong enough. In another hadith he said, Your company is either like that of the perfume seller or the blacksmith. If you're with the one who sells perfume, which is the, which is the example of the righteous company, you're either going to benefit from the nice smells. As you're sitting there, it's always smelling good. It smells like musk. It smells like this. Khair, you benefited. Or you may even purchase it from him. So you benefit even more. You're taking that with you. When you leave, you're going to benefit as well. But sitting in the wrong company, sitting in gatherings of haram, is like sitting next to the blacksmith when he's working. Either you are going to get stained, your clothes will come out black, your body will come out black, or you are going to be, you are going to receive that smells at least, the off-putting smells in the environment at least. Understand, this is the example, the parable the Prophet is giving us of bad company. It will have an effect, no matter who you are, no matter what status and level you are at in terms of your knowledge of the deen, whether you've memorized the Qur'an or not, it will have an effect. It will have an effect. It's going to impact you somewhere. It will desensitize you at least. What does this mean? That usually, if you were sitting around certain haram, you'd feel bad. This is not a, a good place. I can feel the stuff that's happening here is not good. Whether it's with intermingling, whether it's with smoking something, whether it's with whatever's being discussed, things that are being said, it will put you off. But the longer you sit there, the more desensitized you become. To the point where you don't mind. 
and it may even lead you that you end up in those sins as well so I think my time has come to an end so try to take hold of this basic nasihas nasaih advices which is firstly never lose your salah never ever lose your salah secondly make time for the book of Allah and read the, the interpretations that are available to you and when you don't understand ask those who know thirdly show your gratitude to Allah for these favors that is bestowed upon you so fear Allah with these favors and fourthly try to have good company especially in these type of environments where like I said you're surrounded by fitan whether it's from the opposite sex or from whatever other angle be sure to create a good company where you are you know you can benefit from this type of company bi-idhnillahi ta'ala barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a beneficial year for all that he grants all of you tawfiq in your studies he grants you the best of results and also that he makes you the best of ambassadors and youngsters of Islam for wallahi the youth this is what we need this is what the ummah needs that we all strive for to be better and not to be, you know, lax, laxy students, laxy Muslims. This is the problem in the Ummah today. Zakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.